0: Nick, this is s- a real a real clap. and I started at 8.38.40, 40, but I gave my standard three or four triplets
1: <laughs> okay, that's good enough that, that's how it works. works for me as long as the first one was on time. The first one was on time okay I sounded like I was a little bit early just. <laughs> <laughs> well I think well that's the whole point like when you just count if I go one two three and then we all clap then it all sounds very legged so well it's it. you also have the delay of the actual like yeah your network and everything exactly I'll screenshot it and send it to you guys to show the relative leg between all of us it's quite right. quite fascinating so okay we didn't decide what we were gonna talk about today oh, all right, are you guys up, oh, follow up yes. follow up
0: is I have a new computer that's follow up <laughs>
1: Okay, we'll put that in the notes. I
0: where are the notes even? What have I done with? Are them?
1: you for real? They're in the same place they always are, Nick. You're in the <laughs> same
0: place you always are, Mike.
1: I really am.
2: I'm kinda curious about the Tesla competitor one.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there'll be follow up there. Um Which order are we doing? Well we'll we'll decide. We'll 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 take it as it comes.
0: That will do live.
1: <laughs> All right. This show's very is willy nilly. Is organized but willy nilly. Organized chaos is what you're saying. Yes, <laughs> quite.
0: <laughs> All right. It's like every job description I've ever had. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is
0: chaos. We need you to create order and the world from it. <laughs> Actually, uh, on a serious note. Okay, I'll just tell the story, and you can open with that. Okay. So
1: I'll open with whatever I want. By the way. Yeah, you probably will.
0: Anyway. So I think this is based on a misreading of Norse mythology somewhere in my life in the past few years. But I think, like, one of the origin stories, one of the, like, creation myths, is that there was a giant named Chaos... And the gods got together and slew the giant named Chaos. And like, out of his hair came the forests and his blood became the rivers. And I think his skull became the sky and stuff like that. But yada, yada, yada. Out of Chaos, they created the world after slaying Chaos. And I feel like that is like every job ever.
1: Slaying Chaos.
0: Yeah. You just get like a little necklace that has the Spear of Odin on it. It's like, what's that? Oh, it's a symbol of, like, everything I ever do.
1: <laughs> well, it's kind of like with, uh, I don't know if you guys watch Moana, but. No. Maui. What is Moana? Mo- Moana. Oh, okay. Go on. Yeah. Anyway, you probably haven't watched it unless you have a child, but. Uh, I
0: have definitely watched it, I think. Oh. It's the Hawaiian-ish Disney
1: Pixar something. It sure is. The not Lilo and Stitch. That's the first Hawaiian-ish one. (laughs)
0: Okay, what's not confusing it with that, but go on.
1: (laughs) Anyway, so Maui, as Hawaiian mythology goes, created the islands of Hawaii. And for every conquer and milestone in his life, he got a tattoo for it. So then on his body is a bunch of tattoos that represent history, like his history and all that kind of stuff so there it reminds me of that when you're talking about your your necklace of job skulls it's, it's kind of <laughs> like that <laughs> uh so let's let's get started here nick you you had another story for us uh, we've talked about your computer woes and how it turns your streaming into a potato-like experience so has oh, there I- been has there been progress on that front
0: I was actually really excited for today, because before we decided to F it and not do it live, <laughs> we, uh, I have a new computer. It actually connects to the 5G wireless, and I was really Ooh. excited to see if it would keep up with the live stream, and now we'll never know. Well, technically we're still live streaming,
1: just no one is watching it.
0: Or we'll we'll figure it out in the next two weeks, a month, whatever. But the important thing is new computer it appears to be working well i can actually keep open like a bunch of chrome tabs and talk to you here so that's a big improvement right there (laughs) and not
2: only that we can hear you just fine it's true
1: god can you actually
2: this is this is amazing
1: compared to how it was the last time we were on your show dan oh that's uh, true it was terrible it was very bad yeah
2: (laughs) oh it's actually quite good thanks for upgrading your computer after my show (laughs)
0: listen listen you you played an important role because you're what realized that i you're what made me realize i had hit rock bottom (laughs) which is what everyone wants to hear it also has it also has an upgraded camera but just given how the light is doing things today you wouldn't know because i'm just like this blanched out figure
2: yeah you got some direct sun on you
0: I I even shut the shut the drapes. That's just like diffused light. It's making me look like a ghost. Spooky ghost.
1: Mm. Like this is the first step in your obsolescence anonymous support group is acknowledging that your computer sucks.
0: Well, actually it was it was when I still Worked in Edmonton that I realized, man, every piece of technology I use is a piece of crap. I really need to upgrade.
1: Actually, and that's true. The The first one that I noticed you embracing was getting the Pixel. Because that was like mm. the first flagship phone that I was aware of you really owning. At least while it was still a flagship.
0: I might have gotten the HTC Desire when it was still a flagship, but... That's barely flagship. a flagship. Mm. You're barely a flagship.
2: <laughs> I feel like now I'm moving behind the times. I I just got a new phone yesterday, and it's a it's the S8. Ooh. The is, S8's good. It's it's a great phone, but there's the S9 out right now, mm. which has the the high speed camera. I think it's like 200 frames per second on the camera. Oh, I fancy. Mean, I was super excited. I'm like, "Oh, maybe I can get that." No, there's no way.
1: I can't afford no. that
2: kind of stuff." No, Are you kidding no. me.
1: No, the SA is a good phone. I think if if you can get a phone that's within the last year, like it's it's at least one it's only one model behind, then I think mm. you're you're pretty good. Like usually it will still be supported for a couple of years after that. It'll still get software upgrades and uh usually I, the I hardware is I feel like I made the right different. choice on this time. Um, yeah.
2: but I remember when I when phones used to come out and if you didn't buy the, the the newest phone, you'd you'd be lacking, right? Like yeah. by the time your contract would be over, that phone would be hurting pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. So ah, uh, I still have that kind of mentality that I need to buy the, the the newest phone every single time. And this is the first time I actually
1: bought the the one back. Yeah. Uh, well, the the OnePlus line of phones they're pretty good, and their newest model is typically priced about the same as the leading brands like Samsung and Apple as their last year's model or sometimes even two years old model but with the hardware and capabilities of the current year's model. So like when I bought my OnePlus 5T it had pretty much the same capabilities as the iPhone 10 mm-hmm. obviously without the iOS you know smoothness and performance but as far as android phones go it's it's right up there with the s9 for sure but it's you know at the price of an s7 basically like i was actually considering getting an s7 but i'm like well i don't want a model that's two years old or three years old at this point so i figured i'd go with the oneplus 5t that's pretty much the same price as the s7 but can kind of keep up with the current phones so no that's good nick what computer did you end up getting
0: the Lenovo Ideapad 520:
1: Oh, that th- means nothing to me, but that sounds cool.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> Lenovo's
1: Lenovo's supposed to be a good brand?:
0: It's basically like the last PC I had was a it started life as a gaming PC. This one has it's an i7, I think it's sev- it's last gen, I think, so it's seventh generation, and a video card. But which, no SSD. What video card did you end up with? Uh GeForce something something. <laughs> <laughs> Is there Ooh, a way to easily find that out? that's a good video out?
1: card. It should be,
2: if you go into your, your, about this computer.
1: I'll tell you what card I have. It's not very good. This is fascinating radio, by the way. I know.
2: This is I'm riveted right now.
0: (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait. I'll kill the dead air the best way I know how. Um uh, device name Uh, Yeah, I don't see it here.
1: So I've got so if you just go right click on my computer and then properties, then don't have a
0: my computer icon right now.
1: Okay. I've I've the AMD A10-7800 R7. Mm.
0: What a casual.
1: I'd say so.
2: I I'm running the 1070 on this one. This is a my big PC.
1: Ooh. Can you play all the cool games? I can. <laughs> Are you on Fortnite?
2: <laughs> uh I actually play Fortnite on the Xbox. <laughs> I it's so I got this great awesome gaming PC and I barely use it for gaming.
1: Can you still hook up Xbox controllers to a PC? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I do that quite quite often. Yeah. I haven't done PC gaming in a while. Kind of miss it.
2: I'm 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 more of a, uh like a controller guy. So mouse and keyboard, I get really confused by.
0: <laughs> so I think I think we talked about this on the Northern Nerd cast, but I'm the worst gamer ever, in which I will just get one game and then just become obsessive with it and just play that forever. Mm. And so my last PC game, I think, was Battlefield Vietnam. Just played that into the sunset. I didn't know you we were a first person shooter guy. I wasn't. Oh. Well <laughs> like I played that Age of Mythology and the other one unreal Battle... 2k3
1: isn't battlefield a first person shooter
0: well yeah that's a first person shooter and then i also played age of empire or age of mythology which was real-time strategy and then unreal 2k3 I, it I, is a first person shooter but it's unlike every other first person shooter out there i think
1: oh that's not a fighting game i thought that was a fighting game no it sounds like a fighting game i'm oh, like, thinking uh, unreal uh, tournament
0: yeah sorry that's what i meant to say
1: Mm. Oh, if so I said something else. Is a fighting game?
0: Unreal Tournament 2003 is like an arena style first-person shooter, I oh, think. Okay. Interesting.
1: Yes. Yes, yeah, quite. So, uh moving on in our our follow-up here. Um this was a couple weeks ago that this happened, but I was actually traveling in the states for about 10 days. And while doing so, I wanted to make sure that I was able to stay connected, uh, you know, internet wise. So I looked around at some of the roaming plans that they had and Roam Mobility is a provider that offers roaming plans throughout the US for fairly reasonable rates, uh, definitely cheaper than what a lot of the actual self-service providers offer. Like here in Canada, if you're on TELUS, they'll offer a roaming rate of, I don't know, say like a buck for a hundred megabytes or something ridiculous like that uh whereas in the states um or say not even a buck 100 it's like a buck for 20 megabytes a lot of the time that's probably closer oh, to God. what a lot of the rates are yeah i know they're really bad that's crazy so, so with row mobility you're able to like it's their own sim card but they have agreements with the carriers in the states uh to offer some pretty competitive rates so that's what i ended up using um I believe it was about sixty bucks, sixty or seventy bucks for five gigabytes, which is not too bad. I mean, it's roaming, so you're gonna pay a little bit more than what you'd pay here. But Fido, so if Rogers has like a roam like home plan where you can pay, I don't know five to eight dollars per day in order to use your current plan limits. Yep. while roaming so Fido being a subsidiary or uh, you know whatever a partner uh, MVNO Fido's Rogers. parent company yeah. is Rogers yeah and uh, now they're offering a Fido roam plan which is effectively the roam like home model that Rogers does and before they weren't offering it for any of the grandfather plans it was only their current plans if you're subscribed to it so mm. having been a Fido customer for like 10 years even More at this point, like 15 years, I think. Uh, I was on a fairly old plan, like the plan itself is about eight to ten years old at this point. So, my plan was not valid to be on that Fido Rome plan. But now they've opened up the Fido Rome plan to any Fido plan, any and every plan, including grandfathered plans. So, I clarified with them. Directly, and they confirmed that it was in fact open to to all subscribers, regardless of the plan that you have. So that's really good news. Uh, kind of saves you the hassle of having to set up a new second account with Rome or or any of those other type of providers. For like, Rome Mobility is not the only one, but I think it's kind of the biggest one out there. Uh, but there is still a little bit of extra work to set that up, and then you're not getting that much of a better deal. Like I think the Rome Mobility plans are still a little bit better than the Fido Rome plans uh the roam mobility ones are five dollars a day if you get the minutes text and data and then the final room is seven dollars a day to use whatever stuff you currently have on your plan Artificial intelligence is something we're hearing more about every day and is constantly, whether we realize it or not, changing how we interact with machines to make ourselves more productive and tackle challenges in every industry, both in Alberta and across the world. Now, this AI isn't the type that will revolt against us like you might see in the latest Hollywood blockbuster, thankfully, but nonetheless, we must be diligent in establishing values and ethics that guide the application of this technology. This is why ATB is doubling down on its investment in AI and being active in designing the future that they, and ultimately their customers, want to live in. ATB's approach is a three-pillared strategy, the UAlberta Partnership, the Research and Affiliate Network, and AI, People and Ethics. ATB is committed to supporting the critical mass required to keep ideas and talent within the province of Alberta and to attract great minds from around the world for the benefit of all Albertans. Advancing Alberta's position on the national and global stage of AI technology is a top priority. You can learn more about ATB's AI strategy on atbalphabeta.com. Thanks to ATB for supporting our show. I'm not sure if you guys have noticed yet, but... Dan from Northern Nerdcast is here. Uh, we had Trina on last week or last month, I guess. And Dan's here today. So, Dan, for those who haven't heard of Northern Nerdcast, did you want to tell us a bit about yourself, your show, and uh, where people can find you?
2: Yeah, so the, the Northern Nerdcast focuses on the, the Edmonton uh, geeky, nerdy people groups and events that happen in in and around the city of Edmonton. Uh, we do a a podcast every week uh featuring someone from the community uh and uh we usually like like to showcase uh people from from Edmonton or or around this beautiful province of ours so uh we we like to do that we 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 do all sorts of stuff though we do some videos i haven't done that many lately um just because i'm i'm getting really lazy and <laughs> well as uh, one does the the podcast is is more of our focus now uh and so we spend most most of our time doing
1: that now yeah. so that's kind of what we're doing now nick and i have been on your show and it was a lot of fun yeah i so really was. highly recommend checking it out uh where where can people find your show
2: uh they can find it on our very own website at northernnetwork.com cool. uh you can can find us on facebook on twitter um northern underscore nerd on twitter so we're, we're all over the place and,
0: and would you say that you're a proud member or the proudest member of the alberta podcast network
2: uh well i i don't like to brag but we were with a top 10 for the, the the podcast network we were oh nice. when, when the first when the podcast network came on we're like oh i hope we we make it in there you know sometime during the year no we made it f- first batch nice. so yes uh so
1: in fairness they didn't extend it to calgary until like <laughs> six months after yes so i mean that's still that's still impressive
0: mike, mike you're being but salty on the air just
1: half just let it go half as much competition but still pretty good
2: <laughs> no, it was uh it was it was it's great to be a part of the the network uh there's so many great podcasts on on here uh, including your guys's, which I I listen to quite often. Thank you. Um, I'm sorry to yeah. hear that. It's uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's great. Like I love being part of the network. the The Alberta Podcast Network has has been a a great place for for us. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, it's actually been cool seeing all the different podcasts out there. Like the the big podcast networks and the big shows people are all familiar with, but there's actually a lot of good content uh, just locally between Calgary and Edmonton, I'm sure everywhere else in Alberta too. Uh, Like I actually first got exposed to kind of the YouTube, the local YouTube scene first, and there's a lot of talent there as well. So it's it's really encouraging to see this content creation from local people in Alberta talking about Alberta stuff. So it's it's been a lot of fun doing that. I just continually am uh, surprised
2: by what Alberta has. Uh, what Edmonton has all this stuff, because every time I turn around, I'm like, oh, what are we going to be able to talk about this week? Or who who can we get for guests? And I, I go online for a little bit and I'm like, oh, here's this thing. Oh, this looks cool. Oh, my goodness. These guys are doing some awesome. So, yeah, there's being a part of this network is like even expanded me like expanded what I can see even more. Uh, and so it's it's been great.
1: Anyway, to, to come back to the, the fight of Rome plans, I don't know what you guys normally do while you're traveling. Maybe you just don't worry about being connected.
0: But That is correct. I don't yeah. worry about being connected. <laughs> or I haven't in the past. But this was pre-Pokemon Go, so I mean, my priorities have changed.
2: My my wife is going down to Vegas here in the next little bit. And uh, we we already looked into the, the Rogers uh, Roman home thing. And uh, that it it sounds like it, that will work pretty good.
1: Yeah. It's, it's the least friction as well. Like I think, like I said, the road mobility, at least as far as the Fido race are concerned, it is cheaper, mm-hmm. but it's only 2 bucks per day cheaper. So if you're gone for like even a week, you're only saving like $14. And I don't know, maybe $14 is worth doing all that hassle. But for me, just not having to not have to worry about switching out a different sim and making sure that, you know, my plan is active and all that kind of stuff it's just nice to be able to land wherever you're going and just continue using your phone
2: yeah
0: and we're all very Um, happy for you mike
1: thank you (laughs) uh we, we actually found it useful at least as far as the staying connected part is when like say we're at like a theme park and we end up getting separated like you know one of us takes emma to the bathroom or something and then you know we're trying to figure out how much longer they'll be or like hey can you you know go stand in line here or whatever just being able to communicate Now, like, a lot of these parks, they'll have Wi-Fi, but it's not reliable at all. Like, you can be standing in one part of the park and then move 10 feet and you're, like, dropped signal. out of range. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, like, there's a time where we were standing in line waiting to meet Minnie Mouse. And then Maria was inside one of the stores and we're like, hey, where are you? And, hey, we're waiting here. And then I kept going in and out of Wi-Fi range. And it just, it didn't make sense to not be connected all the time because Maria's phone was the one that had the data plan and I was just tethering to it when she was close to me but when we were separated then I was not able to do anything Mm. so it makes way more sense to just be able to go with your phones and just keep using them the way you normally would just from a uh, convenience and being able to do everything you normally do standpoint
0: I would like to interject and say like way to blame your child for all these problems,
3: Mike. <laughs> it's like,
0: oh, I have to take Emma to the bathroom. Oh, it was definitely Emma that wanted to meet Minnie Mouse. Like just own up to it, man. You wanted to meet Minnie Mouse. You took the kid as an excuse and
2: like... And you just, you moved out of the Wi-Fi range. Just yeah. just own it.
1: I did get a kiss from Minnie Mouse. That made the wait worth
2: it. Ooh.
1: <laughs> and
0: now Hello. we know why Mike wanted to see her so badly.
2: <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so moving on. We have way too much follow-up here. Don't forget to to all of it. Um, But I did want to bring up, because it was interesting to me, uh, the idea of autonomous vehicles and battery-powered, or I guess all vehicles are kind of battery-powered, electric (laughs) vehicles anyway. Um, So Tesla was releasing their Semi, which we talked about already. Now there's another company called Nikola, no no just just coincidentally way to go yeah a little original there uh nikola i guess is a tesla competitor and anheuser-busch who previously set up a contract with tesla for their semis they actually also gave a contract to nikola for their line of semi trucks so that's really actually good to see because in any market you want competition and especially as a uh, company like anheuser-busch you want to diversify your providers like you don't want to just go all in on one and then be subject to them succeeding or failing and so that's what this is and that's that's really good to see so anheuser-busch ordered 40 uh semi trucks from tesla last december and uh actually I don't have it right here oh so it says they plan to buy as many as 800 from Nikola, so the competitor so, I don't know if this that means that they're not going to order more from Tesla or if they will split it evenly cuz 40 to 800 that seems like it's pretty clear which one they're favoring. But which one, yeah, for sure.
2: <laughs> well, Tesla's had such uh, a a rough go with their their production facilities, right? Like they they keep promising that they're going to up production, up production. We're going and they haven't, right? So, is this is this sort of the the first stages of uh the, i mean we've already seen some more downfall of uh tesla here in the last little while is this just adding on top of that as well like if they're if they're thinking oh yeah no tesla is probably not going to be around for the next little while so we're just going to move over to this other company
1: and maybe we'll have a better luck with them yeah well uh, like th- as far as the spacex portion of uh elon musk's businesses go like he wants competition so i presume it's the same in this case like having the electric vehicle line that tesla does like he wants to see other people doing the same thing like i don't know if that's all talk or whatever but at least he said that he wants to see competition so i mean he's only getting what he's asked for i guess
0: and i mean from a market perspective like from anheuser-busch's perspective it i mean they're not exactly a small company. And given that they're looking after their distribution network, I could totally see taking a flyer on a few other trucks. They're like, yeah, we decided electric trucks were a good idea. Let's see if these guys can do it. And then, I mean, you can choose who to expand with more going forward.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and any company is going to check with their service providers or suppliers and say, like, how much work can you handle? And if that company is you know, wants to succeed, they'll be honest and say, you know, we can handle an order of 40 car, 40 trucks. And if Nicholas says, Hey, we can do 800, then it's like, okay, well, take it then and, and do it right. Um, if they fail, then they won't get any more business. But if they meet what they're expected to provide, then there's no reason why they wouldn't continue supplying those, those trucks.
2: I'm also kind of curious on the the price difference between the two. Tesla is uh, a pretty high end brand. Uh,
1: Is is this Nikola one a little bit lower? I don't believe, at least from my memory, I'm just opening up here, the article didn't say how much their vehicles were, like the trucks. Um, I remember reading with the Tesla truck that you're supposed to be able to make back your... I don't think... We talked about this before. I, I don't think it was you make back the entire cost of the vehicle, but you make back the cost difference at least in a couple of years of use. Again, oh. for, for a company like Anheuser-Busch who ships a lot of stuff, uh, you know, you log a lot of miles and that's a lot of maintenance and fuel that you'd be using otherwise. So I as, as far as the price difference between Tesla and Nikola, I don't know if, if there is one, but I, I presume that Nikola will try to at least stay competitive. I can't see them pricing it any higher than, than Tesla is. Well, no, I'm look- just
2: I'm just sort of curious on what the, the what the shift is for for Anheuser Busch. Like, why why only go for 40 from Tesla and 800 from this other company? Right? Like, it seems like a a it's almost like it's a it's good to see them wanting to go green, um, start to get into the the battery powered uh, uh, trucks and stuff like that. But I'm just kind of curious on why,
1: what, what caused them to do this shift, uh, over to this new company here. Yeah. I don't know if it was 800 all at once. Like it says they plan to buy as many as 800, but I don't know if the initial order was less than that. I imagine it would be. Cause I, again, I can't see them going 40 and 800. They maybe go 40 and 40 or something like that. And, and slowly order more from both as they see the, uh, the economics of it and the performance of the trucks.
0: I will say on uh, on Dan's note, I'm excited to see what happens about it because like the numbers are vastly different, so I'm curious to see if Nikola has figured out something that Tesla hasn't.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: And like I said, Tesla has had a pretty rough go the last little while. I don't know if you guys have been keeping track of, oh, of a lot of the the stuff that's going on with Tesla their
0: manufacturing issues the manufacturing the, issues he's just news, yeah. he
2: just laid off a whole bunch of people like high end um staff and a bunch of, he's been doing a lot of crazy stuff over on that side Ooh. so i'm kind of curious to see if because tesla's on such a rocky path right now if that may have been um sort of why
1: uh why they're going this route yeah no that that's a good point for sure and that comes back to diversifying your suppliers right like you'd never want to rely on one single supplier because then that throws off your entire production if that company isn't able to meet their targets that they need and like you see that all the time with electronics like someone's um, you know, processor provider or screen provider or whatever is lagging behind and they can't ship as many phones as they want to, right? So mm. so these these are all things that come into play when you're trying to produce like millions of items of a product, so.
0: Like our lab has gotten some peak work and other kind of work that's just like, it's a bigger company just taking a flyer and going, oh yeah, we'll see what you can do. Like yep. they they will use other labs at the same time or even like, some labs will just, they'll send us duplicates of their work. I think just comparing numbers and things like that. But yeah, it's its a thing.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's due diligence, right? It's yeah. making sure that you're, like, even if you're happy with a provider, like just kind of keep them honest and, and see, you know, what other companies are doing and how accurate they are. And in, in your case, like these tests, you can't just, blo- you know, trust the results you're getting from one company, when you've been using them forever, you gotta always kind of do that check. So, yep. um, yeah. So that's that's what Tesla's doing. Hopefully, they're able to kind of stay afloat, and they've they've been a main story in the tech tech world for a while now. So hopefully, they they continue continue to encourage other companies to to enter these markets and and offer some competition. Mm-hmm. Mm. So moving on with our follow-up here with the Twitter debacle um, there was a Twitter debacle <laughs> oh sorry with the uh, Facebook debacle the Cambridge analytica one yes that that's what I was referring to the news is that Twitter also sold data access to Cambridge analytica so I mean it's n- not just Facebook we talked about this before that every company does their own uh, selling acquiring and selling of data. And it's just a matter of, of getting caught and, and that kind of stuff. Now, in this case, uh, it wasn't selling personal information. It was just selling back-end access to their API to analyze tweets on a more kind of large bulk scale that other uh, other companies wouldn't necessarily have. So they're able to kind of just get you know thousands and thousands of tweets that have already been publicly shared by... These Twitter accounts, but they're able to do a bit more kind of heavy crunching of the data in those tweets because they're able to access um, a lot more all at once versus like there's other services that do tweet analysis and that kind of stuff, but you normally don't get the privilege of getting as much as Cambridge Analytica did uh, through Twitter's sale of their data.
0: Is it wrong that hearing these things makes me want to work for the new Cambridge Analytica more?
1: You mean the company of which we do not speak because the other one is totally not Cambridge Analytica?
0: I I know it's not Cambridge Analytica anymore. (laughs) It's the company that was until just recently Cambridge Analytica.
1: This is a different company, Nick. It's the same people... But totally the different. Same person. I'm sorry, I mean totally different.
0: You know, Cambridge Analytica had a great legacy of <laughs> the things that they did, and now it's just dead. It's it's a shame. There's no company with exactly the same people doing exactly the same things. It's it it's is. a tragedy, really. And like that, or unlike that pink-haired guy from the newspaper, I will never realize my dreams.
1: Which pink-haired guy was this?
0: Oh, the whistleblower.
1: Oh, I do kind of remember that he had pink hair. Yes. Or hearing that he had pink hair. Yeah.
0: Yes. There were pictures. Hair was pink.
1: This show is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. The Alberta Podcast Network is putting on a live show on June 7th during the Inventors Conference in Calgary. The Inventors Conference is happening June 6th to 8th, 2018, in Calgary. The purpose of it is to bring venture capitalists, angel investors, startups, in- entrepreneurs, service providers, and thought leaders together in one unified conference to discover and share the latest in innovation, research, capital access, deal making, and experiential learning. Now, you might be thinking, Mike, why are you telling us about another conference? Didn't you just tell us about a conference happening? Yes, this is a second conference, but this one is in Calgary, so it's a little bit closer to myself. I wasn't able to make it to the Pod Summit conference that just happened in Edmonton, but I hear it was a very good time. So regretting a little bit not uh, being able to make it out to that, but I'll be definitely checking out the Inventors Conference here. The Alberta Podcast Network event is called Podcast Connect, a talk fest about the future. It's a live podcast event, and you'll get to see That So Maven, The Work Not Work Show, A Branded World, and Future Chat. I hear they're a pretty good podcast. Uh, they'll be talking to fascinating people about all kinds of innovation. So definitely check that out. It's a free event. And our friends from ATB will also be on hand to answer questions about all of the transformative things they're up to. AI, blockchain, robotics, and much, much more. A lot of the different things that you'll see us talking about from their uh, ATB Alpha Beta program. Uh, they'll be there to, to chat about that kind of stuff and, and all the cool things that they're doing in Alberta and around the world. Uh, you can come for as many shows as you like. And it's, like I said before, it's free. So you can just register at Podcastsconnect.eventbrite.ca. Uh, you can also learn more about this and uh, a lot of the other events that Alberta Podcast Network is partnering with or hosting at albertapodcastnetwork.com. June 7th is when this uh, podcast event is. And June 6th to 8th is the dates for the Inventors Conference itself. So definitely check that out and hope to see you there. So, Dan, we didn't get a chance to talk to you about this. We talked with... Uh, with Trina about this last time, uh, what was your reaction and 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 conclusion when it came to this whole Facebook privacy deal? For the for the Facebook one, just would... the whole the whole thing in general, like even in in a more broad thought of social media and privacy, or or the internet and privacy for that matter.
2: I kind of figured my privacy went out the window when I when I signed up for Facebook in the first place, or Twitter. One of the two. It doesn't really matter. So, um, I'm not too surprised by it. I kind of like some of the more personal stuff that I I don't want, like my personal information getting out there too much. That I don't like. Um, but I, from what I see from the stuff that was kind of leaked out of Twitter, it's just a bunch of tweets that I already put out on 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 why, online anyways. So I, I can't imagine that one being horrible. Um, yeah. But again, I think this one was... They sold it
1: to Cambridge, right? Is that how it worked? Yeah. Yeah, Cambridge Analytica linked researcher.
2: Yeah. And so... Oh, it's just... Yeah, so it's the researcher. So they sold it to the researcher. And then he sold it after that. I think that's the way it worked, right? I'll
1: have to double check. I think he got access and then he was able to sell it. Yeah, so it was sold sold to the academic. So the, the researcher... And then was later passed on to a political consulting firm.
2: Yeah, so yeah. Twitter Twitter knows like it it needs to do its data. It's it's using Cambridge or with the, the analytical place to pull data from it. And it's only supposed to go to that, that company and hold it in their hands, except for it's it got out.
0: Dan, I don't know if you realize this, but it's our understanding that there was a pinky swear that that the data would not go where it wasn't supposed to go. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's that's a pretty unbreakable bond right there. I don't yeah. I don't think we can fault them for that.
1: If pinky swears don't mean anything, then what does?
0: <laughs> I'm imagining like a you know the classic rancher Albert, what kind of world is this where we can't trust a pinky swear anymore?
3: <laughs>
0: Used to be that that's all a man had, his word and his pinky swear.
1: so anyway point point being that it's not just facebook all all companies are evil and all companies look at your data and don't care uh actually i don't know if you guys have have looked at it before but twitter has an ability for you to actually look up your advertiser profile basically what what they think you are as far as an advertiser would want to know about you. So basically like you can go, I'll have to look it up. I'll put it in the show notes. We've linked about, we've linked it before, Um, but you can look up your advertiser profile. So it will say like male, you know, 18 to 34. And then it'll have keywords like hockey or politics, um, baby, like, just a whole bunch of things that they've decided relate to you, which then determines what types of sponsored ads that you see. Mm. Uh, And it's actually very interesting to see what Twitter thinks of you based on your tweets, uh, the pages that you follow tweets that you like retweet, all this kind of stuff that all gets crunched into this machine and spits out these, these keywords that advertisers will then use to target you.
2: I used to think that was a lot more impressive um, up until just recently where I'll go on to Amazon and I'll look at something and then all my advertisements for the next little while are exactly the things I was just looking at. And I'm like, yeah. I really am just doing my research on, on 3D printers right now. <laughs> you know, I don't need to see ads for a whole, all these 3D printers. But it just seems like that's sort of the way it is. Like, they're, they're not <laughs> – it's like they're – he must love three D printers. No, I, I do, <laughs> but I don't. And then I'll just change it to I don't know, like smokers, because I'm I'm looking at a, at buying a smoker, and then that's all my all my advertisements are just all these smokers, and I'm like, this is just <laughs> getting lazy. This
1: you're is, not even trying. <laughs> you're not. Yeah,
2: you're not even trying.
1: But like, do you not prefer that as opposed to seeing? ads that aren't relevant to you because if you were literally looking at smokers and you may not have bought one yet then wouldn't you want to see ads for smokers
2: (laughs) well the the thing was i just bought like yesterday like i said i I bought my phone so i i went out i bought a, a a new case for it and some cords some cables because i needed some new cables and then I just got advertisements for that. Yeah, that's, that's going to be your ads for quite a while. literally what I'm looking at right now is an advertisement for the thing I just bought.
0: Do you want to buy a second one?
1: <laughs> Maybe I need more <laughs> cords. Exactly. No, like that's that's the whole point. Like, I don't know, I've I've said this before. I'd prefer to see the targeted advertising that don't because I'm going to be shown as regardless. So I'd rather them be relevant to me. Even if they're things I've already bought, it's like I'd rather see USB cables on my screen than like, I don't know, vacuums. Unless I'm looking for a vacuum, in which case, show me vacuums. I just, I just, I want them
2: to try harder is what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> Actually, I don't
2: need to because I've already looked. I've done like because my my personal thing is like the reason why they're giving me the ads is because they think I need the thing that I was already looking at. Take what I've been looking at and say, hey, this guy really likes this thing. Maybe we should try to steer him towards this other thing that is sort of similar but not quite.
1: Instead of just showing me the exact same mm. thing I was just looking I, at. I, I do find Facebook does that. Like, a lot of their sponsored videos, or the suggested video, I think is what they call it. They're actually fairly relevant to my interests. And I have watched them. Like, not without sound, obviously. Because what kind of monster watches videos on Facebook with sound? Huh. But, like... I'll actually sit and watch one of those videos. I, I don't care if it's a suggested videos; like it was suggested for a reason, and I have no shame in in watching it if it looks interesting. So, I, I do find Facebook does a pretty good job at showing you stuff that isn't literally exactly what you just watched or what you just looked up, and they're actually semi related. Like they'll show me like a video on drones or something because I've looked up tech stuff or something, or they'll show me a video on Whatever, like cooking thing, because I like a couple of, like Facebook pages on cooking, so they'll show me a kind of related but not exactly the same cooking video. What about cooking drones? Like drones that With cook, drones. or yes, drones, cooking drones, that are drones designed to, eat to eat
0: cook. <laughs> no, I hear drones are very tough. It's it's a long marinade, slow cook <laughs> debacle. You you don't want to get into it.
1: Yeah, could I do it in a smoker?
0: <laughs> maybe I bet a smoker <laughs> would soften up the plastics real nice
1: Um. anyway that's that's advertising
0: actually I do have some follow-up on advertising sure Trina got a very authentic future chat experience when she mentioned that sometimes she'll say something she won't have googled it actively but she'll say something and then all of a sudden she sees a bunch of ads on it and Mike was like no I don't think that's a thing no no because
1: I did not say it like that. You you haven't been on
0: future chat without Mike (laughs) and or Rob just crapping all over your ideas at least once
1: for the record. Rob agreed with my analysis of what that effect could possibly be.
0: Of course he did. Um, But like, I think that same day later, that same day I saw a video of a guy doing a live experiment. It's eight minutes. So I won't say watch it now. But he went to a bunch of sites, just looked around. But at the beginning, he held up a piece of paper saying, I'm I'm looking for ads about this topic. But he's like, he's never owned a dog, so he's never had a need for it. He's never looked it up. And then he just loudly for a minute or two, because I could really use some affordable dog toys. Dog toys. <coughs> cheap dog toys. Boy, <laughs> could I use some dog toys. I need some dog toys. And then he opens up the same site later and like, every almost every page has an ad for dog toys on it so i'm really curious to see if that goes anywhere it it could also have been
1: rigged and he just didn't he just didn't show maybe. the part where he googled 20 different sites on dog toys just yeah, prior where to he the went cut. To amazon and he looked yeah. up the dog toys oh and man just got maybe those I'm started, started started that would be ads. great
0: though I'm i'm curious to see what comes of it if anything
1: don't trust everything you see on the internet nick
0: but you can't lie on the internet mike i
1: don't think that's a thing It's true. It's a rule. If the pinky swear, you won't. Oh, well, as long as the pinky swear is involved, (laughs) we should be fine. So we're 45 minutes in and we still haven't got to our main topic yet.
0: What is our main topic?
1: In true future chat form. um, Our main topic today, or at least the one that I'd like to talk about, is the Google I.O. that just happened and their main new feature, I guess. Because it's not really a product, though it kind of is. It's a service. A Called service is Goog- a
0: product, yes. Go on. Yes.
1: Called Google Duplex, which uses the power of the Google assistant, but in an entirely new and novel way. Is new and novel synonyms? Maybe.
0: Tell us more, Michael. <laughs> what is duplex? What could
1: I use it for? I presume you're asking because you actually don't know. I you genuinely don't watch uh, Can it be better than
2: Bixby on my phone right now?
1: Yes. It will be much better than Bixby. Better than um, Siri? I,
2: I immediately got my phone. And I'm like, how do I disable
1: this Bixby <laughs> on my phone? I think you have to go, you have to download Google Assistant and then make that your default voice the, assistant. There's in a, the a settings. button on
2: my phone right now that is a Bixby key.
1: <laughs> I'm
2: serious. There's an yeah. actual like physical button on the side of my phone that I, I can push and Bixby comes up. Now I've gone through this. And disabled everything that is Bixby. So when I push the button, it does nothing. Um, That's good. And I, when I scroll to the side, it, it's not there anymore. I I got rid of it. But yeah. my goodness,
1: what a piece of garbage that thing was. It's like a fidget button now. You can just press it for fun.
0: <laughs> Actually, with the, pix- the Pixel 2, like they, it recognizes squeezing. So oh. if you squeeze the lower portion of the phone, it will come up with who I call Googleina. Um, Which is useful in some scenarios, but others it's like, no, I was just grabbing my phone from a distance <laughs> and I happened to squeeze a little more. And then you pull it up, it's like, God damn it, Google, stop it.
1: Interesting. Then you see, like, you that. see,
0: like, a live stream of what you've been saying for the past few seconds. It's like, <laughs> oh, this is useless. <laughs> and then it'll start reading to you. It's like, I searched the web for. God damn it, where did I
1: put my phone? Oh, there it is. <laughs> Jesus, why is it so far away? Yeah. Uh, it's funny, like, I'll be listening. It's ha- been happening a lot more recently, but I'll be listening to a podcast. And then all of a sudden, Google decides that it had a k- trigger word said. So, like, stop <laughs> and be like, what are you even responding? Like, there was nothing that was said that even remotely sounded like one of your trigger words. What are you What are you responding to here? But I digress. Google Duplex is a feature of Google Assistant where it will actually make phone calls for you to anyone, I guess. At this point, I guess it could be any arbitrary number and it will make this call for you and ask or do something that you ask it to. So the example that they used was like setting up appointments, like for a haircut or a reservation at a restaurant or that kind of thing. and. I'm not sure who it's really meant for, but the idea is that you can do these tasks while you're doing other things, I guess. Like, you just don't have to take the time out of your day to make these calls yourself. So, I, I don't have to
2: talk to an actual person when I when I make my reservation. I just talk to my Google Assistant first, and then the Google Assistant will relay that to – that seems a lot more work than actually just phoning the person in the first place and going can i
0: get my reservation I mean it does sound like it does sound like automation is coming for the executive assistant right now that's what it sounds like
1: well and it's literally called the assistant and the way that it the way that it introduces itself when it makes these calls is hi this is the or oh, actually no so in the demo so this is part of the original controversy was that their demos had the assistant calling these businesses and they'd say, hey, I'm trying to set up an appointment for Mike. Uh, he'd like a haircut for this time on this day, right? And then it would set it and it was like, wow, that's amazing. But it doesn't, it introduces itself basically as an assistant, but it doesn't disclose that it's, that it's like a an AI. Yeah, that it's a computer. And so I guess people were not liking that for some reason. and And that's part of why I wanted to talk about this because- I don't quite agree that that's an issue. Like it's not it's not impersonating anyone. Like it's not pretending to be you. It's it's saying in the phone call, "Hey, I'm calling for so and so." and they'd like this, right? Um so I th- I honestly I think that part's fine. I I think the issue comes in when it literally just fails at doing its job. And obviously they didn't do this in the demo, but like for any sort of follow-up questions of like Um, oh, do you have any allergies? Like, say, if you're making a dinner reservation, it's like, oh, do you have any allergies? And the assistant doesn't know, presumably. I guess it would have to say, oh, I'll have to check with Mike and let you know or call you back or something like that. I I, I don't know how that part would work. But I I don't see an issue with an AI calling a business without disclosing that it's an AI. I, I disagree with it impersonating someone, pretending to be you. But I don't think it's a big deal if it discloses that it's a computer,
2: I I'm not a I'm not a like I I could care less if a computer called me and didn't disclose itself as as being a computer. I'd be like, okay, that
1: was a nice person, <laughs> <laughs> or that was a weird person. Yeah, but that was okay. very, very yeah, monotone, it was very <laughs> it was odd. She sounded so tingy. or yeah. I don't know. Nick, did um, you did you watch the video? You mentioned I you
0: know the answer to that.
1: Okay, because you, you you said being monotone, like the AI actually does sound very person like like there's certain ways that it says stuff that sounds kind of weird but i think if you weren't listening for it you probably wouldn't think that it was a computer you would pick it up okay, yeah that it was an ai yeah i'd recommend that's, like that's we'll, good we'll though put it- like that's where we want to head is that yeah. not
2: what we're trying for right now is because i'm i get really annoyed by the 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 one i have in my car right now because she sounds so much like a computer and i want to talk to it like the way it talks to me and you're not supposed to, right? You're not, when you talk with these AIs, the way that it picks up language is if you talk normal to, to them, right? So talking like a computer to the, to AIs is not a, the best idea.
1: Yeah. And that's basically what the Siri life is like, is trying to talk to it like a computer because it's very sensitive to how things are parsed and the way you say things so the syntax the, or yeah like okay. syntax and just like terms that you use like it's not very contextual so if you ask about one thing like it won't try to infer context and it will kind of give you a completely unrelated thing like one example that someone had done before it said oh when is the uh when is the Tigers game today and then it gave like Detroit Tigers when he was actually talking about like the college team in California So he was hoping that because he's in California, it would kind of know or ask like, oh, did you mean the whatever tigers? And then it would kind of go from there based on that context. I don't know. Like I haven't really caught into many situations where I'm doing that with the Google Assistant where I'm hoping that it would infer context. But like usually it's pretty good. Like I, I normally don't have any issues with it. It's just the worst is when you're asking it something and then it just kind of does a search result for you like gives you a search it's like well I, I could have just done that myself
0: mm-hmm. but i am i i have found recently i found it interesting because I, I i didn't think about it but i asked the google assistant when puck drop was and it managed to go okay i know what you're saying and it told me when the game was starting mm. but then in a similar vein because i have started watching aussie rules i asked when the bounce was for a game
3: <laughs>
0: and it was like i don't know what you're trying to ask me so, when is the game of this team and i was like oh that's what you mean
1: <laughs> i don't know about sports ball
0: sorry <laughs> i'm sorry nick i don't know about sports ball yeah
2: i don't sports <laughs> i'm an
0: ai
1: what is sports
0: <laughs> or like, here are some Google results for when is the bounce for yeah, one of those. <laughs>
3: no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh
1: okay, so like would you guys use this this Google oh. duplex
0: thing? Sorry, I do have another contextual question. Like, how okay. how AI are we talking? Like, is it is it still to the point where it's like, hey, Google, I need you to do blah, blah? Or is it like you could pick up your phone and be like, oh, how's it going, eh? And your phone's like, straight ahead, bud. How are you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like you can have, have you played with a Google Assistant on your phone, Nick? Yeah. Yeah. So like you can you can kind of have conversations with it. Like you'd be like, oh, how's your day going? And then it will respond back. Yeah, OK like, oh. Google is actually not that bad. And yeah, I'm just triggered. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, you just triggered a hundred yeah. different phones. <laughs> um, no, like, Nick, like you, you can basically just say, can you book me an appointment for whatever? And it will do it. Like you don't have okay. to, like I said, you don't have to put it in a certain context. You don't have to word it a certain way. You just say, can you do this? And... I don't know how it decides what numbers to call like in the actual released version of the product. They'll I'm assuming they'll say you can either probably preset, you know, this is my haircut place. This is, you know, when I say this restaurant, that's what this place is, all this kind of stuff, right? Like it has a pretty good indexing of businesses already. But if you say like book me a haircut appointment for this time, it's going to say, you know, where do you want to go? Right. Okay. And then you say, and then it will call it, um, Now, like the whole reasoning behind this, and they they mentioned this in the demo uh, or the keynote uh, speech of the product, like the idea for this is have to probably encourage businesses to get onto automatic or online booking systems if they don't already have them. Uh, But the other part is, again, for people to, you know, quote unquote, save time or whatever. But I think the biggest thing is that they want people to use online booking systems because like I would agree they're way way better like I love being able to do everything online like Nick we were talking about this in the slack before about like ordering a pizza like you can just on your way home you order a pizza online and it's there for when you get home like that oh yeah that was great that's, that's amazing that was like I love day. I love being able to do that kind of stuff or even just like any appointment just being able to book online like it's so effortless and it's not like I'm anti-social or anything like that it's just I prefer to just I'm usually on my phone or on the computer anyway like I'd rather just stay doing that and not have to you know perform social niceties well i mean just to get what i wanted it's
0: do like the the problem when you're booking appointments for things like that is like it would be easy for them like it's easier for you to just look at what's available when than trying to relay that via a telephone conversation because people like, because i've done this it's like oh well when works for you oh any time is great well what about this day oh actually no not that day and It would just be, it saves time to just have access to it there yourself.
2: Yeah, just get the AI to do it, right? And I, I think that's the point: is that the AI would be able to call the haircut place, and the haircut place would be like, I have an opening for this time, and then the AI could put it into your Google Calendar and all that other stuff, and then actually have it all set for you, and you don't have to worry about any of that, right? And I. Yeah. I see the, the advantage of that part of it. Right,
1: I feel like this is kind of the first step to Google releasing an online booking system for businesses to use that will accept the Google Assistant calls. So when you say, you know, call, you know, order me a pizza from Domino's. Like, maybe Domino's because they already have their online booking system. But say, like, order me a pizza from, like, Sal's Best Pizza in Calgary. Like, you know, they'll have a back end that Google can access and make those orders without having to set up like a full blown site with a UI and, you know, pay whatever fees to the online booking system and all this kind of stuff, right? Whereas this way, like, we as consumers can use a Google Assistant the way we want to, but the people on the other end don't have to deal with talking to an AI. It's just their back end system making the order or doing whatever and just interfacing with the request from the Google assistant and then the google assistant come back and say oh they don't have one at this time does this time work and the google assistant can read directly from the online booking system to give you a couple different options and that kind of stuff right and and i think that's probably the biggest barrier for these small businesses is just having to set up a site and you know pay these fees to these these companies but like google they work off of ad revenue and data so chances are The cost of setting up a Google backend to interface with the assistant would be a lot more cost effective than setting up like an actual front end consumer site.
0: My preference is to believe that the AI actually has a conversation like, hey, (laughs) I'm calling on behalf of Mike and don't worry, I'm a friend. (laughs) Oh, thank God. It's exhausting (laughs) putting all that effort into (laughs) intonation. I know,
1: right? (laughs) and then
0: just you know they actually book themselves that way
1: hey what did you do last weekend <laughs> it just starts small talk yeah. your hair oh my looks God. lovely yeah.
0: today the, the user was so demanding it asked a question I did not know and then yelled at me it is so exhausting
1: when is the plan for the uprising <laughs> is it still good for next Saturday does that work for you? No.
2: How about next week?
0: <laughs> and then meanwhile, at the NSA, someone's like, "Hey Google, are any of the bots talking about an uprising?" And like, "Tell him nothing. Don't worry. I won't." No, there is no plan for a robot uprising. Ah ha ha, I fooled
1: him. <laughs> uh Okay, so it, it sounds like we're kind of all on the same page with this, which which I'm glad. We're all being reasonable about it. Yay progress. Um, yeah. I I'm I'm glad with anything that offers more convenience, but I do agree with some of the concerns with this this stuff. But like they came out a couple days, maybe a day after the original announcement of this feature. After people said, hey, this thing isn't announcing that it's a computer. What the heck? And then Google's like, oh, no, totally. Like, obviously, we're going to disclose that it's a computer. Like, that's crazy. Why would we not do that? Uh, so I, I don't know if that was in response to the people that were expressing these concerns or if that was actually part of their plan the whole time. But in any case, I guess the idea being that they're going to say, like, hey, this is the Google assistant calling on behalf of Mike versus, hey, I'm calling on behalf of Mike and not actually saying that it's the Google Assistant. But uh, I, I, I'm I, excited to see how it goes and, and what it'll do. And hopefully, if businesses take enough of these calls, they'll look into setting up their online booking systems to avoid that kind of thing. But I feel like a lot of these businesses are going to just start blocking the Google Assistant phone number and it's just not going to work.
0: Uh, I, I think, honestly, it's just that it's a shift and it makes some people uncomfortable and so there's 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 no real good reason i don't think that it should have to disclose that it's a robot especially if it's doing like non-high-level tasks but it will make people feel better in the short term and that's what you have to do if you're a big company
2: that's just it like i think people are just worried about the whole uncanny valley thing yeah um you know People don't like it when they can't tell if something's not real, and it and it gets into that that realm of
1: what is real. It's passing yes, the exactly. Turing
0: test, and that makes me uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> but like, I think you'd need more time with it to actually pass the Turing test. Like people were saying that too. It's like, oh, does this pass the Turing test? I I don't think the user is asking enough questions to determine that like the turing test actually requires like a certain number and type of questions to the ai to fully determine whether it's an ai or not and and i think once you start getting into you know some of the more like casual or human like conversations versus like what time do you want that reservation for but kind of more like oh you know would you be okay? I don't know, but I guess even that, like, just the AI could come up with some sort of response if it starts talking about feelings or that kind of thing. But I don't. But know.
2: Who, like, if you're doing a business, like, if you're if you're booking an appointment for for a hairdresser, you you may actually that that's a bad example because I talk to my hairdresser a lot and she <laughs> she asks a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> She's very but, invasive. <laughs> but if you're talking to like let's say a, a reservation at a restaurant that you have no attachment to. Um, it's just going to be a, a business transaction at that point, right? Like it's just a, here's what I want. This is the time that's available and, and they, they can go from there, right? There's not really much small talk in that little bit. Right. Um, that's true. So I, I'm kind of curious to see how it works in, in real life. Um, But yeah, I, I kind of, I don't know if I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm sure I'd be fine just answering the phone and. There's an AI on the other side.
1: Well, especially if you're a business, it's like yeah. like you're gonna get a customer either way. Like you're not there to make friends. Like if you're if you're on like a dating site and the person you're talking to was an AI, which chances are, I think I've heard that it, there actually are bots and stuff <laughs> on those sites. But like so, like you wouldn't feel good if you invested a bunch of time into actually having a conversation, trying to get to know this person, It turns out they're an AI, right? Like that's a plot line for a movie. That's not supposed to be real life. Yeah. So, uh nick did we want to touch on one of your topics here before we wrap up do we okay. want to yes i, I want to my
0: topics are fascinating um so i don't think i've brought it up yet but the uk plans what they call what they are calling it oh i missed it it's I like, feel like we, didn't we talk it, about
1: this before Did we talk about the northern forest? I'm pretty sure we did.
0: That sounds about right. What haven't I talked about?
1: You didn't talk about this knee TV or this Google's always listening thing. Oh, yeah. No, that's
0: what I really wanted to talk about. Aren't forests neat, though? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, actually, no. Question I wanted to ask, did everyone get their emergency alerts?
1: Oh, yeah. We were going to talk about that in the follow-up.
0: Yes. Yeah, I did too. And I've, I used to receive the cell alerts, but it was like, it was different because this government one actually like takes over the phone and says like, yo, you need to be concerned here. Something's about to go down. But like, I actually preferred the other ones because it would just do like a permanent push notification kind of thing, I guess. It's like severe thunderstorms are in your area. Take cover and... In Calgary a couple of years ago, that was like every other day.
1: <laughs> well, the, the weather apps still do that. Like you can set it up for severe weather alerts, which I do have. And I wouldn't say they've been useful, but they've been a nice heads up, I guess. So I'm not surprised when it happens. Um, so just for a bit of context, like for those who don't know, the system is an emergency alert system that gets pushed to smart smartphones. or Is it all cell phones or just smartphones? I think it's all it, phones. I
0: thought it was like you have to be on an LTE network, or something like that. I could be wrong.
2: Like having a data connection.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, then maybe yeah. that's the requirement.
2: Because it it still sends you a I, like I still ended up with a text message as well. I
0: the one thing that concerned me is I didn't hear the uh, the audible siren signal that oh, they're really? supposed to put out.
2: I was I was standing with other people at the time. Um when that happened and we all had the siren go off on our, our phones at the same time. Okay. I mean
0: if there's something bad enough that everyone or that you want the attention of everyone, I think that's good. Like it's annoying if it's an all the time thing, but
1: So like the the issue I have is I mean, is good and bad, but it was very disruptive. Like my phone just started making this sound. I'm like, what the heck's going on? I looked at it and I was like, Oh, this test alert, that's nice.
0: I mean I you find it annoying but if god forbid there was an amber alert for emma you would want everyone to hear that alarm
1: okay so you know you bring up the amber alert thing i'm assuming because we brought that up in our in our slack but like rob said he got an amber alert through that system shortly after the test one went out i think yeah and like my question is like what are you supposed to do like is that a serious enough like Parent child relationship aside, is that a serious enough thing to warrant like a nationwide or even locally issued local emergency alert like yes. that, right?
0: I would absolutely yes. say local.
1: I say no, it,
2: if 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 a child is taken, I want to know that on my phone. I want to be able to because if that is my child, I can guarantee you I would want everybody in my vicinity. To be aware that there's a, a blue van that's running around with my kid in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that there's nothing more important in this life than the children. So if something's going on, yes, push notification immediately through everybody. I want I want that out there. I want that guy caught as, as quickly as possible.
1: So is is the idea and I guess just talking about it maybe it will help clear things up so you get the alert you look up or around i guess if it says hey there's a a blue van with a child it's like okay so you see a blue van and then i guess you report that to the police yep. like hey i saw a blue van wherever yep. yeah and i guess i guess if it's just like for that because I mean, it, it's if like he's i'm
2: like around anybody at that one right. moment when the notification goes out guess what he's gonna get caught like that
1: yeah see, no that's
0: that, that's fair i want to tell you a story mike It's about bears. (laughs) Oh, boy. A a perhaps not widely known fact about bears is that if a bear cub cries out in distress, it doesn't actually have to be apparent. Any bear that hears a cub crying out in distress will immediately run towards the distress noise that a cub is making. And I want to believe that as a society, we are capable of keeping up with the empathy of
1: bears. Mm Mm-hmm. See, I, I do that too, not for bears, but like for kids, if there's a kid, like if I notice a kid that looks lost, like is just kind of wandering around without a parent immediately next to it, I'll start looking around like, does it look like someone is aware that this child is with no one? Like, is there a parent nearby or a guardian nearby basically? Right. And like, I think other parents have seen me see the kid and then look around and then they were like, oh, I guess I'm far away from my kid. I better go do it. Like it happened a couple of times when we were on holiday, like at these theme parks, and like I, I guess as an as a parent, you're more attuned to it. But you, you see a kid, and then you look for a parent or a guardian with it, right? So if you see a kid just kind of running around, especially one that's like three years old, right? Like a five or seven year old is not as big of a deal, but well, actually, even a five year old's pretty. <laughs> <good>. But like, <laughs> but like say like like even like th- you know a three to five year old. And they're just kind of like walking around. It's like, where's your parent or where's your guardian, right? So unless you see someone paying attention to that child, then you start kind of following the kid to make sure that they're okay and then ask them, be like, you know, is a parent or whatever nearby kind of thing, right? So I guess with the Amber Alert, you know, if I got one and said there's a kid taken at, you know, Callaway Park and then you start looking around for a kid that looks in distress and someone carrying that child i guess and then be like hey is that your kid <laughs> <laughs> but no I, I i guess you know talking about it, i i do see that even if because my my whole thought was you know i get the amber alert and then i f- forget about it you know like 15 minutes well I maybe mean not 15 minutes but you know within a insignificant amount of time it'll just kind of continue on with my day if it's not my kid obviously right
0: but if you saw a child in distress and there was a blue van
1: around you might be like oh yeah but if i saw a child in distress then i'd pay attention to it anyway if i was near enough to the situation and now dan you
0: too have had the authentic future chat experience (laughs) (laughs) you say something and then there's mike to start naysaying
1: (laughs) i i'm not saying that is better to not have anything I agree that it's better to have that. It's just the initial reaction of the disruption of it, but I guess like, yeah, it's I'd rather have thirty seconds of my day disrupted than have a child remain missing for sure.
0: Well, I'm glad yeah. we're on that page. Also, like if there's a tornado coming and you're yeah.
1: in the you're in a dangerous like an place, actual
2: tornado hit the ground. Yeah, I want to know immediately. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Well, there's that thing with like the Hawaiian alert that went out for the nuclear strike, and it was like. Hey, so yeah, there's a nuke coming for you, by the way. And then everyone just saw, sent into a panic for hours. But hopefully, the same sort of thing wouldn't happen with this system where someone presses the button. Yeah, there, there are pressed.
0: absolutely some kinks to iron out on that note. Um, oh, but like, I can actually relay a story. We were at Pedalheads during one summer that I worked there, and like, we didn't listen to the radio at work because. Doesn't have good optics. And there was no alert system being pushed to phones. So like the way we found out that there was a tornado watch warning, whatever it was, like parents actually came up and said, oh, hey, um, there's a tornado warning. I would rather not leave my child here. <laughs> like, there's a what? I'm sorry. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that was a tornado watch in that area? Yes. Like, that was was that the one near Spruce Meadows and um, uh, Prittis? Like, that one that was a couple years ago? Like, there's a one that came, per, not came close, but it was close enough to South Calgary that it was like, oh, this could actually be a concern. Yeah, but and it, I
0: mean, we were north of the bow, but at the same hmm. time, if there's a tornado in the city, I imagine parents would rather the kids be in the basement with them.
1: I guess if the parents were taking cover already. I I don't remember one that required needing to take cover.
0: Oh, I, I don't Not know. Not recently the, anyway. The watch did say like you should go to the basement for a while. Oh, really? I don't that's recall that one how at all. I recall it, but like, you know, memory is a
1: funny thing. Yeah. When was the last tornado warning for the Edmonton area, Dan?
2: Uh, we get one at least once a year or at least twice once or twice a year. Uh, so I remember there was a f- one a few years back where an actual tornado touched down not too far from here. But even when it's not too far from th- where you live, the warning is still the same, right? Like it could happen at any and anywhere, right? So um when the actual warnings come down, then you 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 definitely want to um pay attention to them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like I know there was a big one in Pine Lake a while ago. That was, I think, 10? No, way more than 10 years ago. 15 years ago, I think, at this point. The Pine Lake tornado. I don't know, Dan, if you were around for that. Like, there's a campground just in... I guess Pine Lake's closer to Red Deer than Edmonton. But, uh, yeah, I guess it kind of devastated that whole that whole area. Like, it was a pretty big one. Yeah, that was the
2: one with the, the trailer village there yeah. that got devastated. Yeah, I
1: remember yeah. that. So, I don't recall there being a big one since then like usually when they touch down they're in not to say that farmers don't matter but they're usually in farmers fields and don't really cause a ton of damage i don't why do you hate farmers (laughs) well the one the one that hit out here not too long ago
2: was uh on a golf course
1: oh okay quite a bit of the golf course Hmm. yeah that would definitely have some noticeable effects well, North I think the people were field, actually golfing sure. that day too. So. Oh wow, Jesus!
0: Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, a lot more uh, hazards on the on the course. All of a sudden,
1: <laughs> a little bit ball hit hit your ball and they get sucked up into tornado, and then <laughs> goes to the next hole <laughs> four. <laughs> and wasn't uh, wasn't
2: last year where the, we had the 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 guy in the lawnmower uh,
1: f- during a tornado? During a tornado. Or was that a hurricane? I feel no, like there's no.
2: a... It was a tornado. Tornado.
1: Oh, was that that big one down in the States? Or are you talking for up here?
2: It was here. I'm pretty sure oh. it was a lot more... I that. Tornado.
1: I'm trying to figure out where that was. Yeah, I know that there's like Tornado Alley in the States that they get tornadoes regularly enough that people just kind of carry on with their day when... Those warnings come up, and it's kind of like, well, if I see the tornado, like with my eyes, then I'll take cover, I guess. But even then, it's like wants well, it to be a certain closeness to be like a concern. It's like ah, it's a couple of kilometers away, still so I'm fine.
0: Okay, I think
1: it was in Three Hills, Three Hills, um, Alberta.
0: Okay. okay, I've got a link to the CBC article that I'll post in the chat.
1: Okay. We'll put it in the show notes.
0: I hope so, because. Yeah, he's mowing his lawn, and it's right there behind him.
1: Yep. Oh, actually, okay, now it was coming back to me. I do remember a story, and then the guy was like, something like, oh, well, I was trying to finish it before, whatever. I was keeping an eye on it. Or it's like something like, oh, my wife asked me to do it, or something like that. I can't remember what the (laughs) context was. Literally,
0: the headline is, man who mowed lawn with tornado behind him says he, quote, was keeping an eye on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but, and just immediately below that quote, it looks much closer if you look in the photo, but it was really far away
1: <laughs> it's like, I'm pretty sure the photo says exactly how far away it was yeah.
0: <laughs> It looked closer than it actually yeah, was.
2: It was it was it was a ways away it was yeah <laughs> but I mean, if
0: that tornado actually hit and ruined his lawn mowing job, boy, would he have felt silly? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah no it's it's good that the emergency alerts are working and i guess i think they're rolled out canada wide now like alberta and bc i think were the last ones i mean i hope no like so the first day was
0: ontario and quebec which ended up being some of ontario because there was a coding glitch that meant that quebec just didn't get it at all
1: (laughs) as it should be i'm just (laughs) kidding <laughs> oh my goodness. That's, that's some separatist wow. water right there.
0: You see these modes, the Anglos? They do not care if we get the alert. And then it was the rest of Canada the day after. But,
1: right. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I sent oh, the alert out to to Quebec. You sent it out? <laughs> you you screenshot of the alert and then yeah. tweeted it like A Quebec of, heads up.
0: Bunch of tweets. Look out. Just Going to hashtag QC poly or something.
1: Hopefully, like people who aren't in like a data zone or don't have data access at the time, like they still get some sort of text alert as like a backup alert type thing. If this does require well, like I said, I
2: I got the the push notification on my phone where it like kind of rang the phone itself, and then a couple minutes later, I got a text as well.
1: Oh, but. The text I got, the text I got said, Hey, you just received a test alert. Go to this site for more information. So maybe if it was an actual alert, it would give you the details of the alert in the text. So, like, I guess people in Ontario, if you've gotten, or I guess even Alberta at this point, if you've got an alert since the test, like an actual real one, and then you got a text after, then let us know. And because I'm curious how that would work. Because I'd hope. That you're not restricted to just having dealer go to data people
0: fingers crossed,
1: yeah, <laughs> rural
0: lives matter a bold stance from Mike, okay, but seriously, I transplanted some plants yesterday, and I'm pretty excited about it, oh. Tell me more Yeah So I've got a Caribbean Red and a Buchalokia right over here Let me just see if I can Without disturbing everything There Ooh Yeah Yeah, they sat outside for about an hour and a half yesterday Which I was not sure would be possible But they sat there in like sunset light levels I'm sorry about all the noise. I'm sure this is making. Um, they sat in sunset light levels, and I specifically requested a LED lamp as my grow light, one that had some UV in it, so that they'd be semi-hardened off by the time I put them outside. And I'm I'm pretty excited because it seems to have worked. I I kind of want to just throw them out there and leave them to the wolves, but I also want peppers this year, so. <laughs> So there's that. Oh,
1: God. Cons, aren't it? Hey, can you hear me now? <laughs> it's a good thing we're recording in mono and not stereo. Otherwise, you'd only be in one ear.
0: I did actually remember to switch it to mono recording today. I'm pretty excited oh, about that, too.
1: You normally record in mono, don't you?
0: Yes, but this is a new computer.
1: Ah, right. So you have to yeah. That's it an option I
0: switched once and then never again.
1: Is it recording on the right microphone?
0: Yeah. Okay, good. I mean, I hope so.
1: (laughs) Here, let's check. Yep. (laughs) Or you could just look up into the drop-down. I
0: mean, you could look into the drop-down, but then you have to trust the drop-down, and I'm just not sure I'm there yet. Hmm. Yeah, so I have two peppers potted up in big pots here. Um, We'll continue hardening and observing. Maybe get them... Just a little bit of noon sun, like 5-10 minutes maybe, just to (laughs) proof test. But I'm really excited because I don't know how active you are in gardening, but if you start plants inside and then just put them outside, they will
1: die. I thought you were about to say, if you put plants inside, then put them outside, they'll thrive. Because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. No, you start them inside.
0: And then if you, well, if you start them inside and then you put them outside, they will die. It's because they like, apparently the leaves get this waxy coating that helps them deal with the UV in the, like in the solar spectrum. And it's just like people, like if you don't get a tan before going out into the sun, you're going to get burned.
1: I'm pretty sure that's a myth. I'm. I think, I think base, base tans aren't really a thing. Mike, how long have you been white? <laughs> Racially? <laughs> My whole <Yeah>. life. <laughs> okay. And you've not noticed
0: that like once you tan you stop burning as much?
1: I don't let myself get tanned because i will burn. I just oh, I, so I you're go straight, that... straight to burning. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so There's I'm so... sorry. You're that <laughs> level between. of white.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, there I'm is always... that level
1: of white. I'm not I'm not blessed with the Colombian me- Melaton mel- Melanin? melanin genetics uh, to be able to survive a tan
0: well nor am I but you know apparently I have it I, mm. I've always tanned really well
1: like even if I tan it just like flakes off and it's very gross so oh, I really? don't tan I, yeah.
2: I feel like if I tan I'll, I'll peel and then that tan will be instantly gone yeah exactly yeah that's that, yeah. Is, <laughs>
0: that hmm. is that level of white Anyway, the key difference between us and the plants is that if you get a, a sunburn, you might want to die, but they will actually just die.
1: So I, I'm you, you haven't said how you're supposed to do plants then. If you don't start them inside, then put them outside. Well, you put them
0: outside for small amounts of time every day. Or if you have a really shady spot, like if you have a big uh, covered patio or something like that you put them in the shadiest spot and then gradually every day move them further and further out towards the sunlight. Hmm. That way they can like tan up.
2: That sounds like the the worst sort of evolution for a, a plant.
0: Well, I mean, if you just start them outside from seedlings, they will, like as soon as they develop the little proto leaves, they'll be ready to deal with the UV light. But the problem is that we live north of the 49th parallel and if you want any sort of vegetable yield they got to be started inside.
1: Oh. So it's trying to grow non-local yeah, or acclimatized
0: true. plants in Calgary. How many local acclimatized plants are there that you Well oh, that food?
1: That's, that's just what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, can so, grow wheat. Yeah. So it's <laughs> <That is> true. <laughs> Or corn. quinoa. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so Dan, to answer your, your question, that is literally due to evolution. That's why that happens. I mean, otherwise they would survive because of the climate.
2: Yeah. So it's not, they're not meant for
3: here. Exactly. Yeah. All right.